You know, when you come to worship, part of worship is uh, being, what? Invigorated. You know, Isaiah is part of, of having some liveliness in you because you're happy to be here. You are happy to know that here is a place to be. You are happy to know that God has given us a day that we can come and leave the world alone and the world can't touch us today. So we should be all hallelujah and happy Sabbath and all those kind of good things. Amen? Amen. I'm talking to all those on the broadcast too. Happy Sabbath to all of you. Those on the conference line, we want to say happy Sabbath and encourage you to also be encouraged because God has a, has a great, great plan for us. And he's putting us in place right now because soon he is going to return. And I, I, soon is a lot sooner than we might be contemplating. That's right. And God is saying, I'm trying to get you in a position where we can all go home together. Right. So we are excited that we, we even know that this morning. Amen. Amen. So for those on the line, those on the broadcast, I wish that you would join us at this time for a word of prayer so we could ask for God's Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in his truth. So let's have a word of prayer. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, again, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much. Lord, thank you for this, your most holy day. We thank you, Father, for the souls that are gathered around your throne. And at this time, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come to lead and guide us, Lord, in your truth, that we may understand it correctly. Father, not for just our benefit, but, Lord, for the benefit of others. Father, we pray for those all over the world who are honoring you as the only true and living God. We ask that you would bless their services, Lord. Guide and lead your ministers, Lord. Give them your spirit so they may speak with power, so your people may hear and obey. And Father, we always, we pray for those under persecution for your name's sake. That number is growing every day. And Father, we ask that mercy will be shown to them, that knowledge and wisdom will be given to them, Father, and also the spirit of encouragement from on high, so they may endure even until the end. In the name of Jesus, we ask all things. Amen. Again, happy Sabbath. That's a little better. Little better. We get, Isaiah, we're going to get there before the day's over with. Amen? We all going to be happy and smiling like our brother Isaiah here in just a little while. Well, if you have not paid attention to what's happening on earth uh, very closely, there were some interesting things that happened. And I'm so happy that it happened. I was telling the brothers, man, I'm so happy. This thing is almost over. Everything we've been studying for 35 years is right here on the edge. And man, we just have to get in position so we can go home. Most people don't look at it that way. Both are, oh, Lord, Jacob's time of trouble's coming. Oh, we're going to be running in the woods. And Look, Jesus is king and Lord. Amen? He's got a work to do just before he comes, and he wants to use us to do that work, and we have to be dedicated to that proposition. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and what the world is showing us and what the, the, what's going on out here is they're showing us that God's word is true. See, we should see these things happening and our faith should increase because God told us this many years ago. And, and if he was right about this, he's also right about the blessings and the mercy he's going to show to his people. Amen? Amen. Well, what we were looking at this week, we said, man, I, I can't believe this guy would say this, but I understand that we're not, remember, when we talk about certain things, we're always talking about the spirit. But the spirit manifests themselves through the agents of that spirit. And we heard this week that, that evolution was consistent with the belief of creation of the church. And uh, I said, well, okay, all right, well, let me stop and take a look at this because that was just the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. But it really wasn't because the church they were talking about was the Catholic church. Amen? And so I didn't say the Christian church. I said the Catholic church. Amen? And so the head of the Catholic church came out and said, well, evolution is, is it's consistent with what we're talking about. And he didn't say anything new because in 96, John Paul said the same thing. In 65, they, they, they said that this would be, the, that that's the position they're taking, that, that man has, has, God had made man to develop, to evolve into whatever he is going to be. And, and that was in their doctrine. And I said, well, and, and it wasn't that what he said, outside the fact he said atheists would have their place in heaven and, and 
you know, you know he, he just, you know, because he, his job is to bring everybody together. That's what he's doing. He's doing it. And the issue is everyone has a wonderful comment about this fellow. Every Catholic, everybody said, well, I just love this man. I love him. He's, he, he's bringing everything. He's taking away all the boundaries of hatred that Christianity had before, and he's including, including all of us. So I turn to Matthew 24. <laughs> and we're going to look at something today. Because that's okay. Let them do what they do. And when you see it, and you see the response of people, because if, 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 if mama does it, the daughters are right behind. The daughters are going to come. The Protestant nation is going to come right behind it. And what's interesting about it is conservative Christians, two things they believe in strongly is that God created the heaven and earth, right, they, and the creationists, and they also believe that, that you have to believe in the Son of the living God in order to make it to the kingdom. He just canceled all of those. And so what are they going to do? We're going to see if they love God or love the traditions of men. But in Matthew 24, let's go to verse 23. Because this is a wonderful time to be alive. We might be part, some heart, of this 144. We might be those Gentiles that get to make it to the kingdom when God is, a, 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 when he comes back to get us. See, some of us are still going to be alive. Amen? Amen. When, when Christ breaks those clouds. And we are living in that time that we might have that opportunity. Amen? Now we're going to Matthew 24. And let's start at verse 23. He said, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, do what? Believe. Believe it not. That's not only, he was not only talking about physical locations where Christ was, but the way of Christ. He said, they're going to come with a new doctrine about me. He said, believe it not. And verse 24 said, for there shall be rise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show what? Great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the what? The very and the very elect means the chosen of God. If it were possible, and what's one great thing God chooses and we don't choose ourselves. So he said, if it were possible. Now you can't fool the chosen of God. You can't fool the very elect of God because they stay with God. They stay in the sanctuary of God. They stay under the protection of God. They stay in the order of God. And so they know what the word of God says. And so when someone comes as a false Christ, they don't believe it. Our problem is we have gotten outside of the way of God. And so we can be swept away with the rest of the world if we're not careful. Amen? Now, this has been prophesied to happen thousands of years ago. What is happening today, Daniel wrote about. Let's go to Daniel 8. He said, he wrote about it for our sake. He said, as a matter of fact, at the end of Daniel chapter 12, it says, Daniel, you're going to stand in the last day. The stuff that I wrote for you, it's going to be some last day stuff. And they're going to look back in the book of Daniel. And they're going to say, wow, man, God, God shared that with Daniel. And I see what he's saying now. See, when Christ gave us that prophecy in Matthew, it lined up with the prophecy in Daniel 8. And we're not going to go through the whole prophecy. We're just going to read Daniel 8. And let's begin at verse 23, if you would. Daniel chapter 8 and verse 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding what? Dark sentences shall stand up and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and who? The holy people. So we see this is, a, this, is, this is something a little different than the rest of the, the kingdoms that were on the earth. He said this guy deals in dark sentences. He deals in the spirit world. He is, his main goal is to uh, kill the holy people. Now verse 25, and through his policy, or his practices, amen, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes. But what happens? He shall be broken without hand. Now, what, what we want to look at this time is he shall, by peace, shall destroy many. many. 
Remember last week we shared with you that God said this new last age, this new religion, this one world religion that's coming in is coming on the back of love, on the world's definition of love. He said he's not coming throwing bricks. He's coming in love. And this is what the world is saying they see. The world's definition of love is inclusiveness. Include everybody, every, not just the people, but what they bring. Every habit, every character trait needs to be included. And God says, that's how it's coming. And that's why it's here now. That's why the atheists are going to sit next to Abraham in the kingdom. That's why the, the homosexuals are going to have their place in the kingdom. That's why the, those who believe that, that the evolution of man is true in creation. He, matter of fact, the man said, well, God is, is not a magician. He just can't make things, you know. He said, God is not a magician. He said, you just can't make that happen. You know, he, he created and it just you know, evolved, and, and you know, we believe that. Now, because of that, the whole world is wondering after who? The beast. The beast. And don't forget that in Revelation chapter 12, it said, the devil deceived the whole world. Now, don't go around banging on Catholic people's door telling them they're wrong. We're not dealing with people. We're supposed to be educated enough now to deal with spirit, right? We're supposed to be learning, learning that this is a spirit of Antichrist. Because anything that's saying against what God said is the spirit of Antichrist. Amen? So you can't look in the White House for the Antichrist. Because the White House is not that level. Amen? So please, you all who call the president Antichrist, stop it. This is a religious war. Politics is not religious. Re politics are run by religion. Amen? Amen. We all right? Amen. Okay. So this person or this, this entity, is, he said, I'm going to destroy many through peace. That's how it always starts out. Ask the Jews of the, of the mid-30s, 1930s. It was always peace until when? It wasn't. It was always a, a, a PR campaign to make you feel good about yourself. And, 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 and you can just do what you want to do, and we'll take you on in. And, and you know, after the door is closed, it's over. And this is what's going to happen to the world. They're going to find the true nature of the spirit behind this. And it might be too late. Go to 2 Corinthians, if you will. He warned us. God always warned us about this latter time, this last day that we're in, what to look for, not be caught up in it. That's what the beauty of prophecy is. If God gives you the understanding of it, you'll say, man, I won't get fooled by that. I'll see that coming. Problem is, we've closed our eyes. As Brother Juan was saying, we get caught up in the day-to-day -day and forget that we're living in that day. We're in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And let's look at verse 4, if we would. First, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. Chapter 11 and verse 4. It said, for if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which we, ye, have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, he said, ye might well bear with him. If you, if you read the, the, the first three verses he was talking about, he said, look, man, you're going to likely go with some other doctrine. Because this doctrine is too tough for you. He said he was worried that the people would, would, would latch on to something that wasn't of Christ. He said, because they're going to come. They're going to come with another Jesus. They're going to come with another doctrine. They're going to come with another gospel. He said, but be very careful about that. Because it's easy for us to latch on to something that's more comfortable to us. Amen? We don't want a lot of conflict. We, don't, we want to serve God, but man, you know, we don't really want to do that. Just, I want to serve him so I don't have to move and do anything different. Can I do that? Because this new religion is just for you. Ah, man, you don't have to change anything about yourself. Man, you can go to church. Go to church. Man, I got, I got, I got some churches for you. I want you to go. Go to those churches. Oh, man, you can do what you want to do. Don't worry about it. See, that's a comfortable religion. Let's, yeah, same chapter. Let's go down to verse 13. For such are false apostles, 
Those people who come with another Jesus are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. See, they take the name of Christ, they, 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 they say they work for Christ, but they're bringing a different Jesus. They're bringing a different law. They're bringing a different doctrine. Verse 14, and no marvel. For who? For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Why do you think Satan is not coming at you with a Halloween costume on? There'll be no horns and pitchforks. He's not coming to your door and say, devil. He's not doing this. He's coming to your, he's coming to your door with whatever you think is holy. Whatever outfit you think, if it's white shoes, white clothes, if that's what you think is holy, he's there. Oh, man, you need help. Let me help you. Oh, let me do this. He is coming the way these slick guys come up on these young girls. Let me ask you, young girls, or girls that used to be young. <laughs> <laughs> How did they come? How did the no good guys come? Smooth, thank you. They were smooth. Because you would, you would see crooked. You would see, you wouldn't want somebody just, hey, woman, come here. Y'all you know, wouldn't respond to that. They knew that, and so they would be just as smooth as silk. They'd come with the rose. You know, they'd come with the wine. They'd come with the song. Isn't that right, Isaiah? They would come so smooth. <laughs> Well, Satan is come. It's the same spirit that we're in that man is the same spirit of Satan. He comes with that smoothness about him, and it says he's going to be transformed into the angel of light because what he has done has formulated in your mind what an angel of light looks like. Now let's go to verse 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Right, just wait, and you're going to see what their end is. You're going to see what their main goal is. Just because you think they're ministers of God, they're not ministers of God because they have taken uh, uh, the, 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 the law of God and done away with it. They've taken the commandments of God and the, and the character God wishes to have in his people. They said that is not necessary anymore. That's a different gospel they're teaching, and God says they're not mine. They are, they are led by the, the arch devil himself, Satan. Amen? Now, so don't let everything glitter is not gold. So all this, you know, love, peace is like the 60s. You know, oh, everybody just get along. We all just in love with each other. And the 60s didn't work out. <laughs> they tried the commune uh, lifestyle. It never worked out. Because everybody, oh, we all going to share. We all going to do it. And they started doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And it didn't work out. It's not going to work out now, but this, this, this entire movement, this new age movement that's coming down the pike, it is designed to get everybody to be included so they would feel like this is a good idea. It speaks to me. You ever heard people say, I, I'm in this religion because it speaks to me? As if you are something to be spoken to. As if you are the authority on righteousness. Let's go over word to Isaiah. If we want to find an example of some backwards religion, we always go to Israel. Because somewhere in Israel's history, they went backwards. Now let's look at Isaiah chapter 30. He was talking to Isaiah. He said, hey man, I need you to tell them something. And Isaiah chapter 30, let's begin at verse 8. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 8. It says, now go, write it before them in a table, and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. So what he's about to tell them, he said, this is going to happen until the end. You're going to see this. This kind of activity, you're going to see. He said that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear what? Do you see what the New Age movement is about? Don't listen to the law of the Lord. He said, which say to the seers, see not. You know, the seers were those who were supposed to prophesy, maybe to see things and talk. He said, don't, don't see no more. 
He said, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, what? Prophesy not unto us, what? Right, right things. Didn't say don't prophesy to us, because we want you to tell us everything is going to be all right. Peace and safety. Everything is beautiful. That's what we want to hear. He said, but these people are saying, do not tell, prophesy anything that's correct. He said, speaking to, to us, what? Smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Just, just tell us lies as long as it will make me uncomfortable. Doesn't this sound familiar? Verse 11, get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path because the Holy One of Israel, no, I'm sorry, cause the Holy One of Israel to what? Cease, Cease from before. I don't want Jesus. He said seers, prophets, pastors, evangelists, apostles, don't tell us about Jesus. Cause him to cease from before us. We don't even want to know his name. Does that sound like this new age movement? This one world religion, we keep over and over, over the last 20 years, we kept trying to emphasize, is not the one world financial system, it's not the one world government, it's the one world religion. Here we are. Here we are, everybody's included. Isn't it going to be wonderful? We all get to sit around the campfire and smoke a pea pipe, peace pipe and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> now let's keep reading. Verse 12 says, Wherefore thus saith the Holy One of Israel, you know, the one that we didn't want to talk to anymore, the one that we didn't have before. We don't want any of his laws, his rules. We don't want any of his, his, his loving commandments. We don't want that anymore. He said, but let me tell you something. I'm still the Holy One of Israel. He said, because you despise this word, and trust in what? Oppression and perverseness. And, 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 and stay there on. He said, you trusted in it. I tried to show you it was perverseness and corruptness, but you, you, you stayed there anyway. He said, therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach, I mean, a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall whose breaking cometh how? Suddenly and at an instant. It's going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Because I told you, I warned you, you did it anyway, I tried to save you, and you didn't want to hear it. It's going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. I just couldn't believe a people who said they knew God says, cease. Don't let the Holy One of Israel be in our presence anymore. I don't want Jesus. I don't want Jesus' way. I don't want Jesus' word. I don't want Jesus' anything. I want a religion that I can do what I want to do. Lord, help us. Go to 2 Timothy. Lord, help us. See, this is why, too. In 2 Timothy, we're going to find out why this is accepted right now. 20 years ago, you couldn't do this. 40 years ago, it would be impossible. 50 years ago, they would have executed people in town square. You, what? See, you couldn't just do away with Jesus 50 years ago. You couldn't. So he said, oh, I'm going to change the concept of Jesus. Jesus is now a hippie who walked around loving everybody. Jesus walked around loving everybody. He did. But it wasn't a hippie. Jesus was the one that said, look, man, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Straighten up. Here, here's, here's the judgment. This, this is, I'm going to give you the power to walk in this. So you won't be victimized by the delusions any longer. Oh, he was wonderful. He is wonderful, isn't he? Amen. But now they want to take him out of the book. They're going to come up with a new book. Y'all know that, don't you? Because if you are so far away from Jesus that you believe what's being said now, you'll take anything. And this is why. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Start at verse 3. The Lord says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. What time is it? Today. Today. They don't want sound doctrine. They want smooth things. This is why. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be what? 
turned unto fables. And the reason why it works is because everybody is dealing with their own selfish lust. They don't want to hear, thus saith the Lord. They want, what is going to satisfy me? What do I want? Selfishness is what makes this work. The, 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 the deceptions can only come when you think about yourself more than you think about your God. Always. It's how it is. And, this is. and since we've come to the fullness of this time, we're almost there. When everybody is out for themselves. See, a hundred years ago, if there was a calamity in the community, the community came together. They galvanized. They said, look, we build, we rebuild and we'll start with your house. And then we go to your house and then go to your, that's how it would work. If we have a calamity now, they're robbing what's left in your house. You ever seen, you ever seen Black Friday at Walmart? <laughs> and they have like, they've been advertising 50 inch televisions for $1.50, you know, and they got 10 of them. Okay. A thousand people come up. And do you think people are holding the door for somebody else? Oh, let me let you in, please. Oh, wait till it's more serious than a television. Wait when it's a can of corn and there's only 10 of them left and 1,000 people trying to eat. This is where we're headed. And this is what this new age religion is going to foster. Because it's all built on self-gratification. And God's people should be far away from that now. But the question is, what about us? See, we, we got the rest of the world. They, you know, oh, boo, bad people. What about us? Go to Ephesians. And I was talking to my wife. I said, Lord, sweetheart, I, it's not going to be two hours today. <laughs> and she said, yep, I'll believe it. <laughs> but as we see this, as we see the end approaching, with joy in our heart, as we see uh, Satan's kingdom come to the full with joy in our heart, we have to decide if we want to walk in the way of God so we can be those instruments of mercy in time of need. Amen. See, we're going to be used as that before this is over because there's a lot of people who have never heard what you've heard. And they're really seeking, thinking this is a good thing. Man, this is, this is the truth. Man, it's so wonderful that I don't have to worry about any consequences. <coughs> I don't have to worry about judgment. I don't need a savior. And the trick is, what did Christ say about who comes to the Father? They got to come by the Son. No one gets to the Father without me. No one is redeemed without my blood. No one is accepted into the kingdom without me. So if I got the whole world saying, please remove the Holy One of Israel from us, there's going to be a people that's going to say, hey, God said this, and there'll be people to come out. I didn't know that. I just believed this hype. I didn't know that Jesus was really real. God says, I want to use you as an instrument, but I need you to be in my way. I don't, I, we cannot bring the world's selfishness into the way of God. It doesn't fit. We cannot perform the duties of a missionary or a minister as we learn in Sabbath school today without the spirit of God in us. And the spirit of God will make us fall in the order of God. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to be here in Ephesians 4 for just a little while. Let's start at verse 14. See, right now, we should be at this level, but maybe we're not. Verse 14 says, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Amen. Why? Because we should be rooted and grounded in the truth, in the word of God. Aren't we? We can only know that by the works that we perform. We can theoretically believe we are, but if our life is not walking step by step with the word, we have some work to be done on us. 
He said, by the slight, these winds of doctrine come by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to do what? Deceive. Who's in charge of deception? The fables he wants you to believe. It's just incredible that someone who says Jesus is Lord believes that evolution is how God decided to do this thing. It don't even make any sense unless you don't know the word of God. One thing, if you don't believe Genesis 1-1, forget the rest of it. Because when you believe Genesis 1, everybody know Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you don't believe that, this book is not for you. Because everything is built on that. Every, in the, period. If you're saying that God didn't do that, then throw the book away. Call yourself something else. But Christianity is not for you. And I don't, I, true Christians, you brothers and sisters, don't get frustrated by those who claim the name of Christ and walk the way of Satan. Amen. Don't get frustrated by it. That's going to happen. And if we look in the mirror every day, we'll see a little of that in us. So frustration shouldn't be the one. You might, be, you might weep because they walk in that way. You might say, Lord, what's wrong with them? Sometimes, don't you? Amen. I sit there and say, Lord, is everybody that way? I said, we all dumb, Lord. Is that what it is? We just, not, we just can't get it. And he said, no, son, it just takes a minute. So we got to be patient with one another. We've got to be patient with those who don't even know what you know. He had to teach me that lesson, man. I am patient all day with people who have never heard this truth. But man, you've been sitting next to me 20 years and you ain't got it, man, what's wrong with you? God said, there's some things you didn't get either. So we got to love one another, amen? Now let's keep reading. He said, look, don't be swayed and deceived. But he said, but speaking, when verse 15, but speaking the truth, how? In love. May grow up into him in all things. Not some things, but in all things, which is the what? The head. And who is that? Even Christ. He wants us to grow up in all things in him. Now, verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. In other words, he said, God is putting all this thing together and we need everybody in it because every piece must be, is part of the edification process. Because Christ is the head and Christ is putting this together. He said, but we need everybody and we need everybody to fit as Christ has put it in place to fit. It'll edify the whole body. And we all will come unto the stature of Christ. Amen? Amen? And he said, verse 17, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. How is that? In the vanity of their mind. First thing. Vanity of your mind. What is vanity? It's nothing. It's useless. But we believe we know it. You ever met people who think they know everything? You're like, what? Really? You, you know everything, huh? If that's everything, we're in trouble. <laughs> Got something to say about all things. What? Lord, help us. God says, the vanity of your own mind, you have convinced yourself that you are somebody. Let's say, that's, that's the first problem we have. We got that? Let's keep reading. Uh, verse uh, 18, having the understanding darkened. If you believe you are the head of the corner, your, your understanding is a little dark. You're not quite getting it. You're not quite realizing that humility and submission is the way to God. Amen? Amen. Being alienated from the life of God through what? The ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of 
of their heart. That selfish heart will make you blind. The only thing you think about is how you gonna make it. We've all said that before. I don't know how I'm gonna make it. Not how we gonna make it or how somebody else is gonna make it. I don't know how I'm gonna make it. And you keep saying that, you won't. You'll be one unmade person. But when you start thinking about others and understanding this most of all, that you're part of something bigger. It's bigger than you. You are privileged to be called to be in something bigger than you. God says, I love you so much, I'm going to make you part of me and what I'm doing. You don't get any bigger than that. Anybody put that on their business card? <laughs> See, what you do is you get a business card. You get a, in business world, you get an MBA. Then you get a PhD in something. And then you get some more letters. You put those on that business card. But can you imagine having a business card that says, I am the servant of the most high? And that trumps everybody in the room. You know how everybody puts their business cards in the, in, the, in the bowl? You know, get a free lunch if they put it. That trumps everybody in the bowl. God says, I made you part of my kingdom. Now, do what I ask you to do. Amen? Amen. It's, it's, it's wonderful. He said, the blind is in the heart. Let's go to verse 19. Who being past feeling, I'm sorry, who being past feeling have given themselves over into what? Now, this is, he said, don't do what the Gentiles do. Lasciviousness. Everybody know what that is? To work all uncleanness with what? Greediness. Greediness. Now, these are uh, character traits of those who aren't going to the kingdom. These are character traits of those who are following the false doctrine. Those are the character traits of those of this new age. Of the world. But look at this. But ye have not so learned Christ. See, when you learn Christ, Christ teaches you that all of that is wrong. All of that is not of God. All of that is contrary to, to what you say you want to be. Well, when you introduce Jesus really to people, they will actually tell you, I don't think I want to do that. They, they like the, the concept of Christ, you know, that the world has, but they don't really want to be like him. Think about this. Why would you want to be, about, be uh, uh, like somebody who gave up heaven for you? Who gave up everything for you? Those who got, you know, you want to be like somebody who, who gave it up so much he got beat? Man, Jesus, you know, that's Jesus. I, 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 you know, I can't do that. If you don't become him, see, the only thing going to be different is he is the redeemer. It was his blood. You are going to be like him in this. Your character will be exactly like his. Moses had Jesus' character. Y'all know that, don't you? Oh. Moses had to be the most humble, meek man on earth. He had the character of Christ because he had the spirit of Christ in him. Christ had the Holy Spirit in him, and he said, I want to give that Holy Spirit to you so you can do the things I ask you to do. So you won't be always talking about you. Jesus didn't go around and say, my, hey, my foot hurts. I've been walking for 30 miles. Then I have to preach for six hours. Then I got to heal. Then I got to cast out demons. I got to do all these things. You never heard him say, man, I, man it's too much. I ain't going to be able to make it today. Peter, just tell him next week. I'm calling out. Why? Because the love he had for those he was helping energized him. That Holy Spirit lifted him up. Sometimes he would be all night awake mm -hmm. talking to his father. And he and, he and the Father and the Holy Spirit, they were saying, you know, they were energizing Jesus. And they were saying, keep going, man. You can do this. It's all right. This is the will of me. And that's what's wonderful about Father. He'll tell you what his will is. And as long as you're in his will, you're okay. Because you feel, you say, okay, well, Lord, it's not making any sense to me, but if you told me to do this, I know you're with me. Because if you believe that he's with you, most of you will say, thank you. And most of you will say, I can do it all things who, through Christ who strengtheneth me. Let's keep going. 
Verse 21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man. You know, the old way we used to do things. He said, you put them away. Why? Because you talk to Jesus. Jesus told you what to do. And that's why it's so important when we're talking about putting this nation together, talking about putting a church in order, you got to do it the way God asked. He said, put away the old problems you had. Put away the, well, I don't think that ought to go. Well, who cares? That's a bad way of putting it. I'm sorry. We need to go with God and do what God says. God will fix it. He cares for you, doesn't he? So why would he tell you to do something that's not good for you? It's not good for the sin in you. You might get a little irritated because the sin gets irritated. The demons get irritated when the truth comes, doesn't it? You ever, you ever talk to somebody and they're just mad at you because you, know, you told them you shouldn't do that? Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, fine. I'm not, you know, and first thing you say, I'm not judging you. Don't even know the definition of judging. That's what's so amazing, Sister Marie. They just, you know, you know a, a, a Sister Shaw was sharing with me. There was a thing that says, uh, a picture of the scripture, you know, judge not so you not be judged or something. Well, they scratch everything out, you know, with a pen around it and just say, what? Judge, judge not. That's the only thing they read. That's the only thing they care about. <laughs> Don't judge me. God says, look. No man judges another man. The law judges. The lawgiver judges. And judge, when you think of it in that, that, that sense, no man can condemn you. So we can't go around condemning anybody. Why? Because we're not the judge. We don't have the heaven or the hell. But there is a heaven and there is a hell and there is a judge. So you might want to take all of that foolishness up with Jesus. Now let's keep going. He said... He put off the conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and in true holiness. So who creates this new man? God. In who? You. You become the new man God created in righteousness. Amen? And true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying. Now, these are the things, back again, the old carnal man. What does the old carnal man do? He lies. Why do people lie? Fear. Fear. Ignorance. Some people lie because they're ignorant. They don't know they're lying. But most people lie because they're afraid. They're afraid of whatever consequence they think is coming if they tell the truth. You might look bad. Or what? Or you might get in trouble. That's what kids, children lie, right? Children lie because they fear the consequence that's coming. And if you let a child lie, they become a lying adult. And they never learn how to overcome fear. They never understand that the consequence is so much less than if I keep you, let you keep lying. That's what liars, God says all liars. He finished that in, in, in Revelation, I think it was 21. He said all liars. That's la he hates liars. Old people, you say, you're, you're lying, the truth ain't in you. <laughs> and that's the truth. Amen. When you lie, the truth is not in you. Amen. But God says, first of all, put away lying. Verse 25, speak every man what? You know, if we did that, we wouldn't have any church problems. Not truth as in you think it's true. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you about yourself. <laughs> that's not the truth. The truth is who? Jesus. Speak truth one to another with, with your neighbor, for we are members one of another. Amen? Amen? Be ye angry and do what? Sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to who? Let him that stole steal no more. So stop robbing. Amen? Stop robbing Jesus. Stop robbing your fellow man. If you can, what does it say? If it's in you to do good, do it. Amen? Stop stealing from the poor. 
Stop stealing from those who can't help themselves. Help them. I know you get frustrated because you got users. In all churches, you got users, don't you? In all offices, in the, in the business world, you got those who use. Folks who never have enough. Those who forgot their lunch and see you eating. Ooh, what's that? And you're like, man, here they come. You can lock your door because you know old Hungry Joe is coming. And most users never have anything to give. they just this one sponge that walks through and just sucks up everything. God said, I'll take care of them. Don't worry. He said, you, 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 you need me, don't you? He said, don't worry about it. If I put on your heart to give, give. As this lady in the testimony this morning, uh, Sister Cassim uh, uh, was talking about this morning, she down on her last 55, and five of it was reserved. Lord says, give, give. And guess what? She got paid because she saw somebody who really was telling the truth and really needed to eat. Isn't that a blessing? If God said give, give. Now don't, and if God says give, you know what that person might do? Might go and buy some whiskey. It might be part of a plan. But let God tell you. Amen? Because I'll have a 40-minute conversation with a drunk before I give him a quarter. Man, smelling like all kind of Jim Beam. I need some money to eat. So why don't you learn to stand up first, man? But if God speaks, do it. Because God is part of God's plan. And remember, you're part of something bigger. Your job might be to give this person this at this time. And that's the only thing you got to do in this plan. And you'll jam the plan up by not obeying. Amen? He said, put away the lying. He said, be not angry. He said, verse uh, 28, let him that steal, stole, steal no more. But rather let him what? Labor, working with his hands the things which are good, that he may have to give to him that what? Needed. If you are always in need, something's wrong with you. I'm going to say that again, and I'm ducking. If you always need, something's wrong. God is a God of plenty. Get so you can give. At some point in your maturation process with Jesus, you ought to be moving from the needy to the giver. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to warn you of this. When God moves you from the needy and you don't give, guess where you're going back? Until you get that lesson. Are we going to be all right? Amen. We all right so far? Amen. He said, look, I need you to be able to give him that is needy. Well, remember he talks about, um, I'm going to make you the head. And not the tail. There's only one way to be that. It's to follow him. He said, I can make you that. But you got to do it like this. He said, put away all that lying and that stealing and that bad conversation and that accusation and that, that judging and, and, and all that stuff that says I, you don't need Jesus. Put all that away and I'll make you the head. He can't lie, so I know it's true. If we're not the head, then where's, what do we need to be doing? Look into the tail. Look into us and say, Lord, is this, we're in the, we're in the plan, are we? And are we, are, are, are we delaying your promise? Don't look at God and say, God, why haven't you done what you said you were going to do? Look at God and say, Lord, where in the plan am I? Because, you know, your needy time might be for someone else. Your needy time might be a, 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 an avenue for somebody else to experience blessing someone. That's right. Your needy time might just be for a testimony 10 years down the road and say, Lord, I was down to 50 cents and you brought me through. And the guy sitting there with 75 cents can hear your testimony. Lord told me this week, he said, would you stop looking at the lint in your pocket? Oh, he got me. He said, praise me. Praise me for, and he said, you don't have to look back on anything. Praise me for what I am today. 
and what I am doing for you right now. Amen. He said, I've given you all these. He said, I gave you a wife that is with you, not just by you, with you. He said, how many people wish they had that? I gave you sons that are with you. What are you complaining about? And this is right before, you know how you, how you get to a point where you, you, you call on them and say, Lord, help me, I'm slipping. Right before you go into your pity party. Because I'm not going there. I know that is bad. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> I said, Lord, help me. What do you want me to do? He said, I want you to praise me. I want you to, I want you to know something, that I am still here. And all the things you see and all the things you, you're going through and I'm opening up to you, he said, I want you to be praising me because I have chosen you. He said, I chose you to be part of what I'm doing. He said, praise me. He said, I didn't have to. You didn't do anything. I just chose you. So I spent yesterday praising him Amen. with Lynn in my pocket. I praised him. I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for doing all the things. And I, I praised him. I thanked him for you all. He said, I know you. I, I did. I said, I thank you for the sheep that you put me as an overseer. I said, Lord, they've taught me so much. They've given me great gifts of love and prayer. And they've taught me patience. And they taught me understanding. I said, Lord, I couldn't be where I am today if that didn't have the sheep. He said, see, I told you to go find them, didn't I? And it's a great blessing. So wherever you are, just check with him and ask, where in the plan are you? Not if I'm in the plan or why ain't you done what you said. Has anybody had a complaint against Jesus this week? Tell the truth, shame the devil. <laughs> have you complained about Je to Jesus? I know we don't have any Christians in here, but we all do. Every time we go another way, every time we, we try to trust another method, every time the Lord says, get in my order, and we don't. But we're not going to do that any longer. Amen. Amen? Amen? And he said, look, he said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good in the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And do something very important. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are what? Sealed until the day of redemption. When the Holy Spirit comes, stop resisting it. You grieve the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you and you've got something else to do. You grieve him when he says, this is right, do this. Well, Lord, I don't know. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit because he's the sealer. Verse 31, uh, he said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye what? Kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Amen. Are we okay with that? Amen. So you see what God is doing. He said, look, all this false doctrine, all this false religion, all this, 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 this foolishness is out here, but my people are in trouble because they won't walk in my way. Please walk in my way, Ephesians 4. Amen. Go to verse 1. The same chapter. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Chapter 4, I'm sorry, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. That sounds like a bad thing, doesn't it? Oh, let me tell you, being a prisoner of the Lord is a good idea. Because you know what a prisoner, you know what happened? A prisoner is, is got a place, doesn't he? A prisoner had to worry about where he's going to sleep. Does it? He doesn't have to worry about where he's going to be fed. He's going to be right there with the, with, the, with the prison guard. I'll take that any day. He said, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are what? You are called. So we got to walk this way. See, it's going to be increasingly more difficult, especially if we have this junior high commitment to God. 
You all know who, who, who've been around a little bit that your junior high commitment to God doesn't work anymore. Because it worked when you were where? In junior high. We're living in PhD days. We got to come with it. He said, walk with it. Walk worthy. He said, verse 2 says, with all what? You sure? Those two words, you all and me, can't stand. Lowliness and meekness. What does that mean? What's being meek? Obedience. Obedience to who? The one that, that y'all, we didn't want in front of us no more. Lowliness meaning, Lord, I know you better than I am. Your way works. Teach me how to walk. He said, I don't need you to do this with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. That means patience, right? Who doesn't have patience in here? Who has problems with patience? He said, but I need you to have this. He said, long suffering, forbearing one another how? In love. We forbear, not in love. With, what are we doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him another chance. Man, they just crazy. It's the last time now. I'm just saying what happens in my life. Okay? Let's go to verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We are trying to be at peace one with another through God's Spirit. Amen? This is what builds the nation. This is what builds the church is the unity of the Spirit. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one what? God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and where? In you all. That sounds like unity, doesn't it? But it sounds like unity in the spirit, and it sounds like unity with the Father above. All of you all said a month ago, almost a month ago, you wanted to be part of a nation. Well, here are the instructions. A house divided cannot stand. They're not divided out there. We out here trying to be whatever type of Christian we deem is the type of Christian we want to be. We have to learn something. We can't put our devil, devilish work in the holy vessels. But you can't fix unholy things by trying to peach and patch a holiness principle on it. Does that make sense? You can't. You got some foolishness going on that you fully intend to keep doing. But you try to put a biblical principle on it because you need God's help in it. We learned today that God says, I'm not doing that. You praying over something you know you're not supposed to be doing. Lord, help me. As you know, everybody at the dinner table doing the same thing. Lord, bless this food, this pork sausage, these Doritos. But may it be for the nutrition. How are you going to change Doritos into nutrition? Even Jesus would have trouble with that. But we do that. Lord, bless this, this, this bottle of wine. And, and we're having it with this, this wonderful, you know, whatever. God says, look, stop it. Pray, Lord, help me. I'm hooked. I'm an addict. I, I'm an addict to my lust. I, I can't help myself. Lord, I know I can't. I, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm doing it. Lord, help me. God will respond to that one, won't he? Everybody in here has a testimony about that. But, you know, you sound like these, these, these teenagers out here, you know, fornicating. And then asking the Lord, oh, please don't let them be pregnant. <laughs> hey, it ain't funny, is it? Cause, what was that? Oh, okay. You think that's silly. Well, it's not more silly than things that we're doing. So, Lord, help us. Now, we learned today. 
the one world religion is here and it's working and it's putting everybody together and we're going to rejoice. Amen? Amen. And we're rejoicing because God said it would happen. God said this is exactly how it's going to happen. And he said, I need you all to line up in unity because I want to use you for this last campaign, this last war. See, right now it's pretty easy to come into this building when y'all feel like coming, right? Amen. You know, eventually it's on time, maybe one day. What happens when it becomes a little more difficult? What happens when your boss tells you, I heard you go to this church. Uh, you need to sign this form and say you will no longer do that. Just imagine, you can't get here now. Then what about that? Well, God knows I got to eat. God knows. God knows I got to provide. Well, I'll still, I'll send my tithe in. <laughs> This is coming. And when they say, well, you are mandated to work on Sabbath. Well, Lord knows I got to do that. <laughs> see, right now, see, it used to be, you'd say, okay. Your boss would say, oh, we'll work around it. Then it became, well, all right now, but you're going to have to do something else. Soon it's going to be, there's no option. You can't work here. You can't do that. You just can't do that. Then what do you do? You quit and starve. Then what? You're going to blame Jesus. Jesus, you said you'd help me if I stood for it. The only principle you stood for was that one. The only thing in your life that's, familiar, that's even similar to anything Christ said was that. The rest of your life is total satanic. But you, you mad at God for the little thing you gave him, that little one day you gave him. See, this is coming, and that's what we're trying to prepare for. That's why God is trying to give us his spirit so we can go ahead and do all things through Christ that strengthen us. Every part of our life. Amen? Amen. Everything. You'll, you'll have the power to say no, but you'll say no this way, with the faith in Christ. And say, well, I'll tell you what. Y'all see it that way? All right, tell you what. Since my last day at work, let's sit down and look at this. <laughs> Before I leave, I understand y'all got to do what y'all got to do. I, 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 I will die for your right to do that. But this is why I do what I do. And that last little seed you drop on outside, coming out of the door, guess what will happen? It will start growing. You have done your job in that little segment. And God says, okay, seed planter, over here. Okay, seed planter, go over here now. And you'd, all of a sudden you look at man, I had seven jobs in the last seven years. Yeah, but you've, you've, you've shown the way of God to a lot of people. But you've got to be consistent in it. You can't. Oh, that's, that's it. I'm sorry. That noise didn't make sense over there. Okay. It makes sense over here. Okay. <laughs> but consistency in your religion, consistency in your life is what's going to pay off. Amen? Because it'll give you that faith. It'll give you that trust. It'll give you that hope that everything in your life is going to work out because God said it's going to work out. Amen? Everything. And it's going to be wonderful. So you don't have to worry about the, 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 the letter you got. It, it, it's, Sister Wanda, when Sister Wanda, you know, they told her, you can't work here and not get a flu shot. <laughs> then they found a form. And what did Sister Wanda do? She called her pastor, her church. And guess what? Here's a letter. She is, this is a second year. <laughs> and they said, well, you have to wear a mask. She said, I'll wear a mask for Jesus. Isn't that all right? Amen. Do you see what happens? See, that's why you need an order in a church. That's why you need something that has, uh, you're, bigger, you're part of something bigger. She couldn't write a letter herself because that's not the order of God. Some, the church had to back her. Isn't it good to have a church that'll back you? Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The church ain't going to back you in your foolishness. <laughs> I need a letter to say uh, <laughs> uh, that, that I can't eat. You know, they got to make me some turkey sandwich instead of ham sandwich at the, at the picnic. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Don't ask me. <laughs> Consistency with it. That's what's going to work. And that's what they're, they're consistent. 
We need to be consistent. We need to be a holy people. And God is really looking forward to that. He said, I'm bringing you all up to this standard so we can go ahead and do this. And all of us will be joy rejoicing and all of us will be blessed. Amen. 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 Aren't you excited yet? You came in here dead. Aren't you excited yet? <laughs> you have learned that the enemy is real, but the enemy is lost. And you're part of the winning team. Amen. Isn't this great? Praise God. All right, let's have a word of prayer.